In this episode, we sit down with the folks from Tactical Tokens, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Roaming Player Gear. Roaming Player Gear is a tabletop gaming company that provides affordable and versatile tabletop gaming products. What I love about their products is that you can purchase any of their dice trays, dice towers, or any other products and use it across multiple gaming systems. For example, if you've been playing D&D for a while, but you now want to start playing Star Wars Legion, you can take the dice trays and dice towers that you've purchased and start utilizing it for Star Wars Legion. In addition to that, you can buy one of their dice trays or dice towers and still have room in your budget to purchase the core rule books or anything else you need for whatever system you're playing. Now, if this is something that is going to interest you and that you and your players are going to be able to utilize, I highly recommend going to roamingplayergear.com, link in the description, and use the code word ROAMING20 at checkout for 20% off your final purchase. Again, that's ROAMING, R-O-A-M-I-N-G, 2-0, to receive 20% off your final purchase. And we're live. David, James, how you doing today? Swell. Yeah, doing pretty good. Good. I'm glad to hear. I appreciate y'all coming on to the show. Um, I know we met through some mutual friends of ours, but for the folks out there listening, if you don't mind introducing yourselves and talking a little bit about um, who you are. Yeah, so I'm Dave, um, I guess for the context of this call, founder and CEO of um, uh, Tactical Tokens. In general, I'm just a, a you know, overall D and D tabletop gaming nerd who a few years back was finally pressured by my friends to become a dungeon master, mm-hmm. and from there set off on my journey, which I'm sure we'll discuss later in the episode. But that's 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 who I am. That's, that's the awesome. short of it. That's awesome. So you've been you you've been the DM then. You were a um, how should I say? gently asked or gently pushed whatever the term is to to be the dungeon master yes it it took the group uh, it took a couple of my close friends a few years to finally like hound me enough to get to that point and prior to that point i've played DD a bunch of times okay Uh, another friend of mine was the forever dm and i guess i was just destined to inherit that um legacy (laughs) the heavy crown (laughs) yeah And James, my friend, um, so how did you get involved with Tactical Tokens? Yeah, Brian. Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, my name is James. Um, I'm the co-founder and technical half of Tactical Tokens. Um, everything good on our site is me. Everything bad on our site is definitely not me. Um, Dave and I go way back. Uh, Dave and I go back to Cub Scouts. In fact, he might oh, be wow. my oldest friend. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so... Um, I saw him posting about tactical tokens back before the first Kickstarter or maybe before the first Kickstarter. And I was like, this is, this is something I got to get myself in on. Um, I am a filthy casual tabletop game player. Uh, I come from board games first, video games before that, and then uh, made my way to D&D maybe, what, three, four years ago. Uh, nice. Currently just a player in a Rhyme of the Frost Maiden campaign, so... How do you like it? There. I like it a lot, actually. Um, yeah, nice, nice pace, cold. <laughs> but yeah, um, I haven't played Rhyme yet just because I want to pick it up and read it first 
but I also don't run a lot of modules. In fact, I probably have, I've played in a couple, but I've honestly never really run a module. I always do homebrew, mm. but I'm always looking to buy modules because it helps me become a better DM in my opinion. Cause I don't know how to DM modules. I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I know how to DM homebrew stuff and create all that great stuff. But, um, hence the reason I, I, I ask about all the modules. Cause, uh, if they're, if a player likes them, then I'll pick it up, read it and see if, you know, what I can learn from it and bring it to the table. Um, but y'all, you know, so y'all have known each other really for a long time, ever since you were kids then, uh, when did this idea of tactical tokens then start? Yeah. So it, it hundred percent coincides with when I was finally pressured to become a DM. Cause at that point I was like, okay, they've convinced me they, you know, I really want to run the game at that point. Um, I was watching as many, uh, D and D live plays as I could. Um, the biggest then and still now critical role. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I liked that in most episodes, they had terrain and they had the exact mini they needed. Although in further watching the show way more often than you'd expect, they do not have the mini they need in the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was always like, okay, well, I, if, if I'm going to say the party comes across five goblins, one has a sword, one is a shield, one's a club, ones or whatever, I was like, I want to put down five unique things, whether yeah. they're a mini or a game piece or whatever. Like I want to be able to have my players instantly know who is who, what is what, mm -hmm. all that. And I didn't find anything out there that really could do what I wanted. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just try to do it myself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, I was never a fan of the flat, uh, the 2D flat plastic miniatures or even the cardstock oh, yeah. miniatures because uh, I've played in a few sessions with them before where half the, every time it's someone's turn around the table, they got to turn it uh, to see what it is. Uh, um, okay. So, so from like, a how... visual perspective, it's an, it wasn't as great. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Like, there, there were so many things from, from the visuals, from the just sense of wanting to provide a certain experience for my players that led me down the path of research and development. And I let, I landed on uh, tokens. And at the same sense, I was like, well, what else can I pack into this, this thing? And I was like, well, mm -hmm. we already use dry erase marker and wet erase marker. The tokens need to be erasable. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, it just kept feature stacking on top of that, which literally the next feature I went after was stack stackability and sticking to things. And it just kept growing from there of like, I wanted a super versatile gaming piece and I didn't find one out there. So just you made it. Put, put in the work to, to making it. And it was, I think, six or eight months of like just trying, trying different things, spending tons of money on uh, uh, like product and resources. And like at, at one point I tried to like paint uh, early designs of the token is like paint on like, what's it called? Polyurethane or whatever, like mm -hmm. these sort of liquid plastic coatings and it just didn't work and nothing worked and eventually landed on um its current design and even then have improved it from there so that was yeah. a, a bit rambly but i think i answered i hope i answered your question i think one of my favorite pieces about that is that some of the early prototypes include cores that are just quarters uh washers um 
Those are, and, and to be fair, I'd love to revisit something like that. Something about the weight of mm. those tokens mm-hmm. makes makes defeating the enemy really nice. Yeah, I have um, I have a, like a mini art gallery of previous designs uh, in my office, and it's it's fun to look back on previous uh, iterations of it and like what worked, what didn't, what worked on the ones that didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, James is right. The, like the one of the earliest designs was just slap a circle sticker on a quarter. And there was just something about that, like I that I really liked, but I also wanted them to stick together and be dry erase. For sure. Um, so I've I've lost many a quarter to trying to figure out how to make a quarter dry erase safe. <laughs> well, I love the process that y'all went through to create this token. And I also love how you mentioned, you know, you use washers and quarters um, to kind of get that weight and feel because it's all experimentation, right? It's 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 all and part of the design element where you're going in and saying, okay, I want to, I want to test this thing out. So I'm going to attach this, or I'm going to alter that and, and go from there. And it seems though, that you have all, cause again, just talking to you briefly though, it seems that you've turned this hobby into, and this passion into a business. And for my audience members out there, I have gotten a lot of questions about that because they're they've been inspired, um, especially during these crazy times that we're living in, um, at least in the last five years, where it's very evident that folks who are in the tabletop gaming industry or any industry that is your passion, that you can turn it into a business. So could you talk a little bit about that? What was your process and what was your really what was your thought process from saying, okay, I had this idea. And I think we can turn it into a business. What are the steps that I need to take to do that? Mm. Yeah, 100%. I'm a a huge believer on if there's something you enjoy doing, there's a way to make money or make a living from it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very much one of those things. I personally started that journey many years prior to launching Tactical Tokens. Okay. Specific to kind of turning a hobby into a business, it's really awareness of all of the kind of ancillary things all of the all of the side things that might not be as direct as you think i think helps along that process a classic example i've gotten to pe- from people who counteract my belief of you can turn anything into a business and they go well i just want to eat pizza how do i turn eating pizza into a business and i'm like well food reviewers there are professional food reviewers out there exactly it, like, that job already exists you can get paid to eat pizza so the same thing applies to tabletop gaming and and D. what are the aspects of it that you enjoy breaking it down to its core components what are things that already exist in the marketplace or already exist as a product or a service that you could offer to people and the most heated one in terms mm-hmm. of D is the is kind of the pro dm dm for hire space but it's a, yes, this is a it. form of entertainment and there are tons of people out there that want to be entertained in this I- form I love that you mentioned that because I've had a friend of mine who is a professional DM on the show. I'm actually going to have another friend, mutual friend that you, that we all might know of on the show in a little bit. And they are pro, you know, they are pro DMs and they, especially this guest that will be coming on, it basically has a secondary small business that empowers folks to be professional DMs. I don't see anything wrong with it personally. I don't think, I don't know some of the arguments that you've heard, but I've heard 
that it tarnishes the legacy of what Dungeons and Dragons is. I don't think so. I think that for folks out there who want to play a game and have a consistent game, you're going to pay good money for it. If you want, you know, I don't know price. So I'm just throwing stuff out there. But for a good product, you want to pay a good price because you know the value of it. That's just part of the market. So I agree with you. I think that that's probably one of the most heated parts of the of the hobby. Um, have you, well, I, maybe I should, I don't know if I should ask, but um, have you considered pro DMing or do you, are you an advocate for it? Um, I, I have done it in a sense in the past, um, but more in, more in the sense of for a party or for um, like a corporation. Yeah. Um, like running games for employees that, you know, just need uh, an hour after they clock out to a great team building activity, kill some monsters. Yeah. So I've, I've done it in those capacities. Um, not in the sense I haven't done like direct to player sales or whatever. It's always been a larger organization that has been, you know, mm-hmm. writing the check instead of directly the, the payer. Or like the player. B2B type yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I've, I've done it in that capacity in, in a few odd occasions. I, th- I think by default, I have to be an advocate for it because I'm an advocate of for turning your hobby or what you enjoy mm-hmm. into a business. For sure. Um, and to your original question to more specifically answer the steps to take to get there it it falls back to you know your standard um business principles you know supply and demand if uh, solving a problem that kind of stuff so looking at you know either your skills or what you enjoy applying it to a commercial space so if you're an artist oh man is there a ton of opportunity for artists in the D space Mm-hmm. Every single major Kickstarter I've seen or helped with uh, has had, uh, you know, amazing art. And that comes from someone who's drawing or someone who's illustrating. There's, we, we've found for ourselves, there's a massive marketing side and creative side to D&D content and getting it out there. And uh, what's called like, what I call like earned attention or whatever. So you're, you know, you're posting to a Facebook group and it, your post blows up that you you've earned that because of the con that was written. Someone's got to write that for sure. Um, graphic design is huge layout design. Um, if you're a master of roll 20, there's a huge market for people that are not masters of roll 20 for converting mm-hmm. adventures. They write or stat blocks with the advent of like foundry VTT and other tools. If you're a coder, holy, there's tons of opportunity in for making a cool tool. James has made a bunch for uh, two main ones for our uh, for our website, the dice roller and the token stamp. So D and D is kind of all encompassing. He's gonna kind of have to do like a thought experiment and break break elements of the game down into like the smallest components you can think of, and then look for those components elsewhere. And how mm-hmm. are people making money off of that? We're selling it or using it to earn a living. And then gotcha. just apply it to the now massive market that D&D has. Yeah, it is a massive market. I mean, the industry, I think, you know, uh, Wizards of the Coast made a lot of money this past year with Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Um, to, well, a lot of money is an understatement. Um, they, it, they made, I believe, a billion or so plus in, you know, at, in their, um, at, at the end of the year. And it's crazy to think about that especially because of all the awesome things that are happening and and you know as you mentioned um dave that 
James was doing some work on the website and especially from a coding perspective, because I like in my day job, I work with web developers and whatnot. And if you're a web developer, if you have any of that background, there's a, there's a place for you in this industry. You can do so much. Um, but James, if I, if you don't mind me asking you a question from a, de- from that developer perspective, how do you find, um, you know, how do you apply your skills as a developer? Like, do you sit down and think, oh, I can provide this solution, you know, we need a solution in the same manner and say, I can provide it through X, Y, Z, or do you sit down with other um, folks within tactical tokens, you know, or maybe friends of yours and say, hey, what would you like? And then kind of start thinking and taking it from there. What's your approach on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Great question. So I am, I live by scratch your own itch, um, first and foremost. I haven't found that a lot of, um, maybe beyond Dave, a lot of people aren't really great at identifying the thing that doesn't exist. Like they'll just kind of accept that this is the way that it is and there can't be a solution for it. Um, but in terms of like scratch your own itch, like uh, in terms of like the token stamp tool and dice roller, uh, these are two tools um, where the, the previous stuff, like at least in my perspective was like kind of clunky and mm-hmm. I wanted something that I could just, get in and get out and use and not sure. <clears throat> have all the features um, in it that would distract me or that I don't need. And so you'll, you'll find that both of those tools are extremely stripped down and they will remain so. Um, this is an intentional design choice. Um, th- and this comes from uh, you know, basically my career of, of building things outside of D&D and, and coming in and saying, what, what does the industry have right now? What, where do people go right now? What do those things look like? And how can I apply my expertise to these things to, to improve upon them and to, to fit them to where maybe the rest of the tech world has gone? Um, and so a lot of these sites and things I feel are quite outdated. Um, I have a lot of strong opinions and you'll find that our, our site is reflective of, of those opinions. Um, clean, white background, very clear CTAs, um, and really trying to, to be very clear and, and concise and you know, make the value self-evident and not be too uh, know, kitschy might be a good word for it, mm-hmm. um, which is a Midwest term I've learned since moving out here. Um, yeah, so, so for yeah. the folks like myself who are not from the Midwest, what would that mean? Kitschy is like, uh, what's a good word for it, Dave? I'm still on the East Coast, man. <laughs> I can't help you out. Um, like so in in the in the design and and industry, like everything is designed for D and D, super heavy okay. um, typescripts and black uh, backgrounds, and everything is is very much for. It's um, almost specified. It's not generalized. It's extremely here. specific and yeah. kitschy is often used for like. To, like touristy so like you go to a tourist shop oh, and like okay. all these tchotchkes are like it's all for that got single it. purpose um, got it. it's not utilitarian not in the regards of you can have a website that looks beautiful within itself and it so happens to be that it is about D versus right. a lot of websites one specifically that i went to that you can tell that it was made in the 90s or 2000s rather and it is very very outdated But in addition to that, I wouldn't mind so much if it was, you know, outdated, but the content itself just screams, well, this isn't going to capture the audience 
if you have new, you know, new folks who are, let's say you, you type in a search, you know, uh, you type in something in Google or whatever, and it's like, okay, let's say yours because of search engine optimization and whatnot, pops yours first. Well, if your website doesn't look great, then that person who's a potential customer is going to not like it. Just going to be like, okay, well, don't, it's, and it's also hard to navigate, especially we, Mm -hmm. like oftentimes, and I try to tell folks is you have to, if you start a business, whatever it may be, you have to think like your consumer, you have to say, what is the problem? What is the solution that I'm bringing to the consumer? What problem do they have? And then design everything as if you were a consumer. Um, and I tell you what, it's it's easy to say it, but it's hard for folks to follow. It's crazy to think about it like that. Definitely. It's, it's really interesting. Like a lot of these websites and web tools that we uh, uh, rely on in the D&D space, DMs especially, generator tools and things like that are like just kind of scattered around in weird places. They have weird URLs. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of it is because those people got to that value first. Like you said, they ended up in search results first and there's not a real impetus to improve upon them. And there's not really a lot of alternatives either, but I'm coming. I'm coming for all of it, Brian. That's a good thing though. That's a coming good for all of it. That's a good thing to have. And that's a good motivation because as I ta- I spoke with someone yesterday and it's like, when we all work together towards a goal, when you succeed, I succeed. Because guess what? When the tabletop industry succeeds, everyone who touches the tabletop industry and is a content creator, producer, whatever you want to call yourself, succeeds. So having that motivation is actually really good for the hobby because it grows the hobby. And mm-hmm. if it grows the hobby, let's be honest, like there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh yeah, I want to make a living from this and I want this to be my job. So it just encourages it. It's a, it's a beautiful cycle. So yeah, I encourage you, man, take it, do take what you can just saying, but yeah. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I know that y'all have a couple of projects underway. If you don't mind, could you talk about any of the products or, or projects depending on what stage it's in and talk a little bit about it. What's go, what's coming down uh, the pipeline, so to speak? Yeah, well, our, our most, I guess, I was going to say our most recent one, uh, it, it's launching soon. It's a, our, the, the quickest upcoming project we have. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is recording, it, but yeah. Is, uh, we call them tactical drops. This is our okay. second, this is our second tactical drop. I guess we define them as kind of limited time crowd sales. So we're all oh, cool. familiar with crowdfunding, Kickstarter and running large projects and that that go for, you know, 20 to 30 days and you're raising an immense amount of money and there's add-ons and stretch goals and it's, you know, massive marketing campaigns and then on the creator side having to wait 14 days to get your money and the logistics of running it all. Our limited time crowd sale is just on our own website for a limited number of tokens. Um, some of them are special edition or limited edition. And it's our solution, and James can speak on this on a greater level, it's kind of our solution to filling out our printed token roster. Cool. Um, Because there's potentially an infinite number of illustrations (laughs) and designs we can put on on a token. And it's how do we go about determining what gets placed in the shop next? 
Um, and part of that is surveying our existing audience and, and other people. But part of that is let kind of the market or sales decide which tokens are worthy, uh, sure. essentially, to continue. So this, is, this was kind of our solution to a bunch of other smaller problems. Scratching our own itch, Brian. Maybe that should be the name of the episode, Scratching Your Own Itch. Um, <laughs> an, ev an evening with tactical tokens. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if I, if I properly answered like what... Uh, what the project is or or like why it's significant but like that's that's what's coming down the pipeline most immediately is our um our tactical drop number two which is uh just simply titled more common creatures our first one was common creatures so obviously one of our founding kind of core values is like versatility and usefulness so what are the creatures that get grabbed the most so drop one was like skeleton, zombie, goblin, yep. orc, bandit. Drop two, slightly more on the familiar side. Okay. Um, like hawk, owl, bat. Um, Rat, spider, town two guard. Variants, two variants of wolf. Finally have a kobold, yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because, you know, kobolds, um, goblins, and I, I know and I know for myself, like town guard and skeletons mm -hmm. are always things that I drop. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's something that... It's just kind of like very common in my world where mm -hmm. you'll have a bandit full of or you have a town that's being attacked by bandits and those bandits may be kobolds, goblins, humanoids. You never know. Um, mm -hmm. So that's exciting to see that. And I like that versatility because especially if I'm going to buy a product or if I'm going to um, recommend something, especially I want it to be something that I would use. And I think that with those tokens as well, if you don't mind me kind of adding on, because I love, I love miniatures. I love anything tangible like that. So with what I'm assuming with, with tactical tokens is like, I get to really deploy what, how much I want, which, you know, sometimes and you said it earlier, I want to deploy five goblins with X amount of weapons, whatever stylistically. Well, you can't necessarily do that unless you invest a lot in, you know, X amount of miniatures or you have what y'all have, which is those tokens, um, which you can kind of, which for me, and, and, you know, please let me know if I'm wrong. I feel like they're customizable in that regard. You can pretty much say, okay, like this is how they can look, or this is how they can act, but it's up to you at the end of the day, the dungeon master, you can deploy what you want in that regard. Now, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I may or may not have missed a couple of things, but I hope that's what I've captured um, correctly. Because and if and if that's the case, like you can a dungeon master can have stacks of yeah. tokens. And, you know, honestly, and I think I had this conversation with you, James, you could essentially replace your miniatures. And that's something coming from a dude who loves miniatures. You can actually, you know, start replacing or at least adding on because obviously those minis are, you know, they always have a special place in our hearts. But mm -hmm. you can actually start like if you think about it, and especially if you live in like an apartment or a college dorm, you start DMing. You don't have a lot of space. You got tactical tokens where you can keep it in your space and actually have a butt ton of them. That's just me, though. And take them with you like a lot of DMs on the go have to carry a big big rags with them no this is can, really good for a handful that, like a toddler stuff it in your pocket good to go well yeah. this is actually good for those pro dms right where you can mm -hmm. if you're traveling to sessions you can care you can have those tokens on you in your carrying case with everything you need and there you go yeah uh permission to 
go off and rant positively about all of the points you hit in the last few minutes. <laughs> yes, permission <laughs> okay. granted. Carry on. Okay. Now I'll I'll try to be um, I'll tr try to describe verbally uh, everything that's going to happen. But for for us on the video here, I'm going to switch webcams to I think yep that one. Oh. Um, and so what's on screen right now is a four inch token that I attempted terribly to draw the bearded nerd um, logo on and that's awesome get my let me get my camera settings all fixed before I continue but um, to the point of being customizable yeah obviously our our blank tokens uh, can be customized to be you know literally um, anything there we go dude that's legit like mm. I'm like I love it pretty good doesn't want to focus, but that maybe that there maybe that's the focus. Yeah, you're good. Um, good. And then with, so I have I've made a token of myself a while back. I don't look like this now, but um, it's a it's a picture of me actually groomed um, and holding up my hand with a massive red uh, uh, D20 on it. So in terms of customizable, one of the things on our website is like you know you can you can draw statuses on it. You can draw whatever you want. If you want, you can draw mustaches. So like, like give me a weird mustache with there we go now i got a now i got a fancy mustache <laughs> that's actually really cool i love that because you can do so much as a dm you can you can put your statuses you can do that or you can say oh um this npc has a scar over their face oops let me take care of that really quick yeah, yeah. That's just with the blanks. Um, yep. We also have color tokens for status tracking. Uh, the clear ones are really cool because you can use them for um, like invisibility or uh, elevation. You can stack a bunch of uh, clear tokens underneath the piece. That's a really good. Um, I love stacking the uh, party tokens. You can all put them in marching order and just kind of boop, 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 move around. Um, and that's all just with um, uh, the, the blank tokens. We have obviously our drop tokens, which give us um your kobolds and goblins etc and then we offer uh not only the ability to upload your own um, designs like dave mentioned mm -hmm. we also partnered with token vault so you can go on the token vault um site and like literally craft your own um mini art so you go and decide oh i want to hold uh, a mace give me armor change the hair color like all it's super powerful stuff that they built over there um, and at the end of the day, that just prints um, an image for us to stick on a token and send to you. So like in, in every one of those ways, you have this huge flexibility and ability to create any encounter on yeah. the fly. And, um, and like you mentioned, replace your minis. A bold statement. I love it I so much. It's, and, uh, it's, it's definitely inflammatory to some, I think. Well, um, listen, I converted I, a few people. Yeah. Listen, I collect minis. I love minis. And there will always be a special place in my heart. However, I also know if, if time has told me anything that we can also adapt and grow and say, okay, like I want this thing. Because, you know, minis aren't, minis won't go away because of the industry, right? Uh -oh. But this is a great alternative. This is a great way to say, hey, I want to make a customizable, you know, thing that represents me. Well, yeah, you got your companies that do that. And that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it's all, you know, there's enough room at the table for folks like yourselves who have these room tokens. At the table. Love that. Just saying it's this is a big table. We have and room. For what it's worth. And for what it's worth, like, you know, we can we'll we'll be able to do the four inch prints. Nothing could replace a miniature Tiamat 
in full yeah. in full color. Our tokens will never be able to give the that experience, I think. Yeah, um, the, but we'll crush the one inch base easily, like mm -hmm. with that flexibility. The the value comes in, right? So you have your amazing Tiamat painted miniature on your shelf that you use in your home games. But when you need to go to the convention, you you and you still want to run this ancient dragon, uh, you know, there's there's this dragon god. You need um then you can break out your you know your your four inch mini and this I'm, I'm holding up a small photo box that is four by six inches about maybe an inch tall there's mm -hmm. over a hundred tokens of various sizes in here and I think but it's able to be stored it's not, in full. it's not even full wow for the folks out there we're rounding <laughs> it up it's you know this little box full of hundreds of tokens weighs 5.7 ounces you know six yeah, ounces the pound. most yeah half a pound <laughs> like and that's the thing you can carry that and it's you it's going to be so great so i mean folks out there i will make sure to put the links in the description as i always do um thank you guys so much for joining i mean this is this has been awesome to see that there are folks out there who not only are killing it and doing a great job at coming up with things that are essentially helping the community out but really giving us this uniqueness and having really just inspiring folks to say, follow your passion. And if you want to make a business out of it, do it. So folks, be sure to follow uh, Tactical Tokens on social media. The link will be in the description um, so that you can follow them and support them. Thank you for supporting the Bearded Nerd. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Be kind and compassionate, folks, but most importantly, keep gaming. Thank you.